This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I want to spend some time tonight discussing some of the very relevant halachas that pertain to Erev Shabbos Chazoin, tomorrow Mitzvah Shem, as well as to Matzi Shabbos Chazoin. So let's start with the beginning. The question that comes up every year on Erev Shabbos Chazoin is one permitted to take a regular hot shower because it's Erev Shabbos. <clears throat> and the truth is, if you look at the regular sources, the typical sources that we use for halachic decision making, you take a look in the Ramah and Simitov Kufnan Aleph, he basically says, absolutely not. He says it clearly. He says that the only thing you may be allowed to do on Erev Shabbos, the Ramah writes over here, that you'd be able to wash perhaps Ponov, Roishoi Ponov Yodav Raglov The best you can do, says the Ramah, is you can wash your hands, your face, your feet in cold water. Then the Mishnah Brewer quotes from the Chayad, and the Chayadim says, no, if you wash your, those body parts every single week on Friday, you can wash those body parts, but only in hot water. But only those body parts. You cannot wash a full body. So the best that we have in our classical work of Achreinim is that the most you can do tomorrow is you can wash your head, your face, panov yodavaragov, and that you can wash tomorrow with some hot water. That does not justify a full-blown hot shower. If you take a look in the Aruch HaShulchan, he actually screams about this. He says that the halacha was always very clear from the Ramon Shulchan Aruch that showers are also on, on Erev Shabbos Chazoin. And he writes, but we see already in our days there's been a breach in halacha. People think that you're allowed to take showers on Erev Shabbos Chazoin and it's a mistake, it's wrong, it's against halacha. And he writes that the minute used to be to close up and lock up the bathhouses. They weren't, at, again, today we have showers, we could do what we want. But back in the Altaheim, if they locked up the showers, no one got showers. So the Aruch says that was always the practice, because it's 100% wrong, it's not mutta to take a regular shower tomorrow. That's the way it would stand until 1978. In 1978, Rav Moshe gave the following psaq. Rav Moshe said, the summer of 1978, Rav Moshe said no. I don't know if he thought always like this or just when it came out. This is when it was publicized. Rabbi Shimon Ari writes like this in his Sefer. He says, in that summer, Rabbi Moshe said no. He thinks that you could take hot showers on Erev Shabbos. Aye, what, what's the heter? So Rabbi Moshe and Rabbi Henkin both thought the same way. It happens to be they both lived in America. Not in Europe. They, they lived in Europe, but they issued this psaq while in America. And their ruling was the same. They said that Be'etzem, we should be allowed to shower every single day. We live in a world where we're used to showering frequently. We're almost all istinus. Right? We can't handle not showering for days on end. So Zaktiv Moshe and Abhankin, being Be'etzem, we should be allowed to shower every day in the nine days, but we don't. So at least on Shabbos, the covered Shabbos, you could take a full-blown hot shower. That was the svar of both Rav Moshe and Abhankin. And that is what many Paiskim are saying on today. Many Paiskim say that the Ramayish and Hankin were by far the G'dayli HaPaiskim here in America. And if they permitted it, they permitted it. And the Chayra, <clears throat> even though the Mishnah says not like that, the Mishnah says even if you can wash those body parts, you can't use soap. And the later Rechorin point out, why not? Soap doesn't make the shower more enjoyable, it just gets you clean. So many of the later Achreinim point this out. Zalman Orbach asks this. Shmuel Kamenetsky even later asks this. Kasha, what role does the soap play in the, in the pleasure of the shower or the bath? So therefore, halacha, most place can assume that tomorrow you could take a regular hot shower with soap, with shampoo. And Abhankin is quoted as saying that he remembers that there were people who did this in Europe. It's not an American thing, he says. He says he remembers there were people in Europe that did this also. 
So it might have been depending on, you know, where you came from and your background, but that was the psaac here in America. I was surprised to hear, someone told me this this week, that even Chesidim, some of them are saying on this psaac. I thought for sure they're not going to go for such a psaac like this, but he told me, no, there are some who are saying on this Rav Moshe, Rav Henkin psaac that allows you to take a regular shower tomorrow. Now, obviously, this does not allow you to do anything else. It doesn't allow you to go swimming. It doesn't allow you to play music. It doesn't allow you to take a, sh- a haircut, which we spoke about last week, or shaving. That was last week's discussion. This is just a heter specifically and only for showering tomorrow, the Chavid <coughs> uh, Erev Shabbos. So again, that's what many people are saying on here in America. And again, I think one has what to be saying on if they choose to go that route. If you want to go letter of the law, you follow the Chayodim, and you can only wash your head, your feet, and your face in hot water without soap. That's what it says in Mishtabura, quoting from the Chaya Adam. Another discussion many people talk about tomorrow is that we already have a prohibition. We don't eat meat and drink wine. Not us, but the Svardim also. They have that prohibition. So what happened to Tameha? You got to taste the food before Shabbos. How are you going to taste the chont? How are you going to taste the chicken soup? How are you going to taste all the food if you're not allowed to eat uh, dishes that have flesheks in them? So it's interesting. Rabbi Vaj Yosef has a lengthy discussion on this. And he taka paskins, you are allowed to. He says, since Tom has a mitzvah, Mr. Brewer writes in Ochel Shabbos, it's a mitzvah to be Tom, to know if everything tastes good. I don't know if the guys have to taste the food. Maybe the women that are doing, the, whoever's doing the cooking in your home, I don't want to get into trouble, whoever's doing the cooking, they should taste it. You don't need to taste it because you're hungry. But he writes, he paskins that you are allowed to taste it, you could swallow it and, and, and eat it. Most Achrenim disagreed. Rav Moshe disagreed. Most of the Achrenim disagreed. And they held, no, you cannot taste what you could do is taste and spit out, which I don't think anyone's interested in doing. But according to most Achrenim, if you want to taste a little of the soup and spit it out, then you would be allowed to. Now, it's interesting, Rabbi Forshama points out in the Seva Kavit Halachas, if you would do that, you probably wouldn't even have to wait six hours. Because if you didn't get any meat between your teeth, then you wouldn't have to wait six hours. It wouldn't be exactly the nicest thing to do, but Me'ikar Adin, many Paiskim hold you can do that. Rabbi Shmuel Vosner is also Me'ikal. Rabbi Shmuel Vosner and Rabbi Vajah are the two that are Me'ikal to taste and to swallow. But the Ruba, the Ruba, Rabbi Yashiv, and everyone else, Rabbi Moshe, the whole list of Paiskim, they thought you should forego the din of Ta'amel, the Shabbos, and don't taste the dish and just assume it will come out wonderful, unless you want to taste it and then spit it out. Which, again, you might not want to have a crowd watching you do that. It's not exactly the nicest, <coughs> the nicest thing. Obviously, once Shabbos comes, a person is allowed to have boss of Yaim because it's Shabbos. We have no signs of Avelos on Shabbos. We might have a tshuva where he discusses what happens if you make early Shabbos. Some people like to make early Shabbos, so Ramayusha says, Avadi, if you make early Shabbos, so it's ready Shabbos for you. If it's Shabbos for you, you're allowed to have Boston. There's a whole Shiloh. What about children who want to eat early on Friday? So Ramayusha points out, if a child is going to eat his Shabbos meal early on Friday because they're not staying up for the Suda, they can have Boston then. But if a kid, like in my house, the kids have three rounds of supper. They have once at five o'clock, and then they have again, and then they have by the time we get to the Suda. So that Ramayusha says they can't do. That they can't have on Friday. They can only have, if this is going to be their Shabbos meal, and then they're going to go to sleep. But if the kids are going to be up for the Shabbos meal in two hours, you should not serve them fleshiks uh, Friday afternoon. Instead, you should give them some form of a parif. <clears throat> we paskin that you're allowed to eat basar at Shal Shudas, even though you normally don't eat basar at Shal Shudas. Rav Moshe has a chuv on that also, where he writes, even if you're someone who normally does not have meat at Shal Shudas, you can have meat at Shal Shudas. However, most achreinim do not allow meat at Malava Malka. Even though Malava Malka is a chiv, but since most of us do not eat basar at Malava Malka, we are not allowed to have basar at Malava Malka. You have to go for pizza, something milchiks. Some paiskim are mater fleshiks, a minority paiskim are mater fleshiks. Some make a pshara. They're mater basar, tafshal shal basar. 
which means they'll allow you to have the chicken soup if there's no chicken in it. Or they'll allow you to have cholent if they eat around the meat. Because even though we pointed out last week that that's really mikr ad din mutter, it's only a minute that we don't eat it. So from the Mavamalka, there are those that are mikr. But the majority of the Paiskim held that when it comes to the Mavamalka, you should just go with milchiks and do not eat fleshiks. And maybe you can have leftovers from a fleshik dish, but the pasta is you should just go milchiks and uh, no fleshiks. <clears throat> There's also a shail in the We pointed this out, I think last year. People don't realize you're not allowed to wear big day Shabbos during the nine days. People forget this halacha. There's halacha to Ramah and Shulchan Aruch says. You're not allowed to wear big day Shabbos during the nine days. The Ramah actually says, you're not allowed to wear big day Shabbos even on Shabbos. And we've discussed why that Ramah is not practiced la halacha. But you're definitely not supposed to wear big day Shabbos during the week. So the shail is, what are you supposed to do Matzah Shabbos? You're supposed to right after Abdullah quickly get undressed. So most Achranim say you don't have to do that. You could stay into your big day Shabbos afterwards. But some say try to get undressed as quickly as possible. I mean, there's no mitzvah to sit around in your Shabbos clothing for two, three hours after Shabbos. You should try to get out of the Shabbos clothing, but you don't have to be crazy about it. You don't have to rush yourself crazy right after Havdol to get out of the big day Shabbos. The big question comes up, the Shabbos is how to make Havdol. What's the proper protocol? So a lot of people confused because the last couple of weeks, last couple of years, we had Tisha B'Av Amatzi Shabbos. So when Tisha B'Av falls on Amatzi Shabbos, there's more complex shailas about how to, make, how to make Havdalah. This year, the only complexity is who drinks the wine. But it's regular B'Samim, regular Eish, and regular Yayin. Maybe. And the question is, who's going to drink the wine? So if you look in Shulchan Aruch, the Mechabah Paskin is very clearly that you make regular Havdalah, and the regular Mavdal drinks the wine. Simple. Like any other Amatzi Shabbos, the Mavdal drinks the wine. <clears throat> the Ramah disagrees. And the Ramah says, no, we're machmir, we give it to a child to drink. That's what the Ramah writes. Then the Ramah says, whatever, you don't have any children in your house. Many people don't have children. So I was thinking, maybe a little business over here, rent out kids for Matzah Shabbos. Hire out kids. Someone needs a kid for a couple of hours. Here, give you a couple of dollars, give me a kid for five minutes, be beautiful. But the Ramah says, if you don't have kids at home, so then you do regular, you drink the wine yourself. So what is the Ramah shita when you have kids at home? What kids are we talking about? So the Rabbi Mishnabur explains it has to be a kid who's a gil lechinuch, which means he's above the age of six or seven, give or take, but he's any yidei lesabal Yerushalayim. He doesn't have enough yidei, he doesn't understand well enough what the laws of the base of Mikdash meant, but he has to be a gil lechinuch. So exactly what age are we looking at? So many achreinah point out a lot of adults are any yidei lesabal Yerushalayim. Forget the kids. Adults don't know what it means to the more in the base of Mikdash. So what, what, kid, what age are we looking for? So <clears throat> The stipler writes, up till 13 is any day of Saba Yerushalayim. So according to the stipler, if you have a 12-year-old kid who's getting by mitzvah right after Tisha B'Av, you give him the wine to drink, he's also any day of Saba Yerushalayim. Azay Paskin's the stipler. Rabbi Ashif says, even if your kid is Yedei L'Saba, let's say my son is almost 10 years old, I grab a hold, he's Yedei L'Saba Yerushalayim. So do I drink the wine or does he drink the wine? So Rabbi Ashif says, let him drink the wine. Because at the end of the day, you have a din not to drink wine. He only has al-schinach not to drink wine. So you still outrank him. Therefore, says Rabbi Yashif, don't give it to the, to the kid. You Give it to the kid, don't drink it yourself. <clears throat> Rabbi Yashif does write, but if you have a girl, definitely don't give it to her. I don't know, he doesn't explain. But he says, a girl, don't give it to the girl. You give it, you drink it yourself. If it's you and a, and a 10-year-old girl at home, then you should drink it, don't give it to the 10-year-old girl. If Shlomo Zalman and Rav Moshe said this whole thing is a little bit of a, a tricky thing, just drink the wine yourself. That was a psaka, both of Shlomo Zalman and, and Rav Moshe. So again, if you have no cotton at home, you for sure drink the wine. And even if you do have a cotton at home, Rav Moshe and Shlomo Zalman still thought you should drink the wine yourself <coughs> and not give it to a cotton. The third sheet is the Arach HaShokhan. The Arach HaShokhan says, forget all of this, just use beer. 
That's why many people have a practice for Havdalah, they use beer, because they're a Chashulchan right. Since it's a whole Shiloh, forget the Shiloh. Use Chamar Medina, use beer, and this way you use beer, you avoid all the major Shilohs. If Moshe was not happy with this Arach HaShulchan, because if Moshe felt you only use Chamar Medina when you don't have wine. You have wine. Chamar Medina is a pshat when I have no wine, I can't get wine, I use Chamar Medina. <clears throat> Which is why Hankin never understood why you can never get Chamar Medina. Hankin said, I don't understand. Go to the grocery store, buy grapes. Squeeze out the grapes and you'll have grape juice. What's the problem? Someone told me, I don't know if he's right, he told me you need 80 grapes to produce 8 ounces of grape juice. I have no idea if that's right or not. I mean, today we can send the child to Rabbi Google, we'll get him sucked. Or AI maybe, we'll get him sucked much faster. But, uh, eight no, that's what he just told me, that's what he found out. We don't need 8 ounces for Kiddush, we need a lot less. We need, let's say, 3-4 ounces for Kiddush. So you go to the grocery store, you buy a big cluster of grapes, you squeeze it. So Rabbi Hankin never understood why you should ever use Chama Medina. So Rabbi Moshe thought, over here, well, you have wine. You're just not sure should you use the wine, that's not when you use Chama Medina. So there's basically two major shitas. It's either drink the wine yourself, or you use Chamar Medina. Then there's the question of grape juice. What about using grape juice? <clears throat> so most Achreinim held you're not allowed to use grape juice. Grape juice is also included in this prohibition. And the truth is, it sounds like that from the Shulchan Aruch. Because the Shulchan Aruch, when he talks about the type of wine that you're not allowed to drink, the Shulchan Aruch talks about the yayin that comes straight out of the grapes. Within the first three days of when they're squeezed. Which we know they're not alcoholic yet. And the Shulchan Aruch still says you're not allowed to drink that. So many Achreinim conclude from there that it's not about alcoholic capability. So therefore, grape juice is also not allowed. That was the opinion of Rav Moshe Feinstein and many other G'daylim. Rav Yitzchak Gabari disagrees. He happens to think grape juice is not a problem. He thinks you could do grape juice. So again, maybe something to keep in the back of your mind when you're making Havdalah, what you want to do. Do you want to go wine and drink the wine yourself like Rav Moshe and Shulchan Aruch and many other Paiskim? Or maybe use grape juice and be Samich on those Paiskim. So then a couple of different options of what a person can do for Havdalah. But again, most people, if they don't have a tinnic in their house or they don't have a tinnic that they think meets, meets this criteria, they definitely should just drink it themselves. Two other shilas very quickly that come up. <clears throat> One is permitted to wear freshly laundered Shabbos clothing. If you had clothing for Shabbos that was previously washed, you are allowed to wear it on Shabbos. You don't have to first roll it on the floor. That is mutter to wear on Shabbos. Secondly, many people have been asking about cutting the nails. So cutting the nails, the pashtas is whenever it's L'Tzarek Shabbos, it's mutter. So if you're going to cut your nails tomorrow, L'Tzarek Shabbos, that for sure would be mutter. There's a about polishing the shoes. It's also machloikis apayiskim. Many paiskim say it is okay. Others say it's not okay. Ramayishu wasn't such a big fan of it. Ramayishu thought it was okay. So that is yesh amilismech, perhaps, if you want to shine your shoes, polish your shoes for Shabbos. But again, if you have freshly laundered, you can wear. New, you shouldn't wear. If you have a new suit that you didn't put on for the first time, do not put it on for Shabbos. But if you have freshly laundered, you went to the dry cleaners before the nine days, that is mutter to wear on Shabbos uh, Chazay. Thank you.